Attention, armchair quarterbacks and shower thought GMs. It's time for this week's episode of Sports Ball with Mike Meharry and Alan Mosley. What is going I've on here? I've missed that. I know, right? It's like deja vu all over again. I've forgotten how cool this intro is. I can't even remember where I found this music. I just assumed you made it. Now that you've admitted you have it, <laughs> I don't even know what to believe anymore. Reality is a lie. Oh, I didn't realize we were going to start the show so deep. Guys, welcome back to the relaunch. Return, relaunch. Wait a minute. I, how do you, how I do named you, this. I you named welcome this, back to a relaunch. I named this episode one because I didn't remember what show we were on. You know what I did with Godarchy? I just made it like 2.1. So now everything is two point something. Well, that's that's what they do for seasons. So you're in season two of Godarchy. What was the cliffhanger from season one? <laughs> did, does he come back? Yeah, that was the cliffhanger, right? Oh, there. okay. All right. Guys, welcome back to Sports Ball. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by my co-host and Tampa Bay Sports Superfan, so he's got the right shirt on, Mike Meharry. Mike, how are you doing? Oh. Hello. Hello. Hold on. That? Oh, you're into the sports ball game. <laughs> indeed. Uh, indeed. So uh, it's been, this is another thing I should have looked up before we started. It's been like two years almost or more. I don't remember. I don't remember either. It was in the the COVID shutdown yeah. realm. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole, because we were... The, the NFL season had just ended, and we were segueing into, well, they've got this thing called XFL on, and since there's no That's there's right. no other football to watch, we'll, we'll cover some of the XFL. And then that went away, too, and then we just threw our hands up, and <laughs> that was the end of sports <laughs> ball for two years. Well, and then all of the craziness of my life. Yeah, yeah. But we are back. And a uh, new college football season is upon us. It technically already started, but it kind of feels like it really starts in earnest tonight because yeah. I'm not sure if Florida State and Duquesne really counts as the start <laughs> of, of college football. I actually watched a little bit of that, believe it or not. Oh, and how'd that go? Well, you know, I guess FSU did what they needed to do. They needed to beat up on a team that they should have been much better than. So the, mm -hmm. the FSU people are pleased because you'll remember some of the debacles that the old Knowles have suffered over the last few years. It wasn't bad. It was football. I was kind of excited. It it was football. That is technically correct. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, you know, the NFL preseason has now come to an end. Right. And so we're celebrating the start of college football this week. And in another week, we'll be celebrating the start of NFL football. But the funny thing about the preseason is, is that, like, I think we can all agree it's not really the best football in the world mm -hmm. because it's it's really more like an extended tryout for a lot of players. But it's also a tryout for some coaches and right. some staff, mm -hmm. everyone kind of getting into the the speed of, of, you know, game time. It's also a tryout for the guys in the booth, which yeah. leads us to this <laughs> season's first shit announcers say. You have to like when there's a guy coming right in your face and he just sits in there and, and delivers it uh, really well. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever I know, I know that this is such a naive thing to say but do you ever do you ever do that thing where you see somebody some perfect professional doing something and you think i could do that <laughs> yes well we used to have a segment if you if you recall yeah. i can do that yeah yeah <laughs> so this could have been i can do that and yeah. announcers say oh um 
You I don't know that I could do that, to be honest. I some something I, I feel like something in my brain would click as I was mm-hmm. words were coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, you mentioned earlier in the show that it was right around the the onset of pandemic fever that mm-hmm. sports ball went away because there was no sports, right. among but, other reasons. But that's all uh, over now, right? Well, I mean, it's mostly over. It's over for football, I guess, for now. Yeah. But, you know, one thing I think we want to caution people is, is we, we have to hope that rules get changed, that policies get put in place so that it can never happen again. Right. I think we'd all like to safely agree at this point that maybe things were taken just a tad too far. Um, get, you know, re- remember the sideline reporters interviewing players and they would like hold out the, the stick so they could talk yes. into a microphone cause you have to be six feet away. But then right. immediately after the interview is over, they would hug, you know, right. that right. type of type of stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one area that it hasn't ended. Unfortunately, the 2022 U S open for tennis is happening right now, but tennis star Novak Djokovic is not there. Which, by the way, just as, a, as an aside, doesn't that just put a pall over the whole thing, knowing that, well, if, if one of, if not the best men's tennis player in the world is not there, then how does that make you feel if you win the tournament? Right. Well, it's kind of like the national championship game with that Alabama or Georgia, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, exactly. Exactly. That's a really good point. Um, so, unfortunately, because there's still a law in place, or I don't even know if it's technically a law. I guess it's just an executive order type of a deal mm-hmm. that says that uh, that foreigners cannot travel to the United States if they have not been vaccinated against COVID-19. And Novak Djokovic weighed the options. He looked at the data and he decided, I'm a healthy athlete in my prime. I don't need this. Yeah. And for that, he cannot compete in the U.S. Open. Dare I say that that's just a little bit retarded. Mm. I thought we were going to leave those words behind us in the relaunch of sports ball. Oh, well, that didn't last long. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm being retarded. Um, Speaking of being retarded. We're going we're gonna to introduce a new segment on the show in the very Ooh. first episode when we're barely prepared to do the show at all. Are you ready, that's, Mike? That's pretty brave. Let's <laughs> do right. it. We're going to do a new segment that I'm going to refer to as yay or nay. Okay. It's going to lead us off with this. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos agreed to a five-year extension Ooh. worth $245 million, including $165 million guaranteed. That's good for third largest in terms of guaranteed money ever, by the way. Which leads us to our new segment, Yay or Nay. Mike, yay or nay, the Russell Wilson Broncos will enjoy equal or greater success than the Peyton Manning Broncos. That's a tough one, because when you say that, that means Super Bowl. Yeah. So it would Multiple have to be Super Bowls. An, right, right. Mm-hmm. One, one win. Whew. I don't yeah. know. You know, the, the post-Manning Broncos have been kind of that team that is pretty good, except they don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So now, ostensibly, they have a quarterback. I'm going to go with nay, just because mm. looking at the division that that they're in, that's a tough division. Sure. Tough division. I'm going to say nay. You're going to say nay. Well, 
Just and you know, I'm I'm more more than anything, I'm playing the odds because how hard is it to get to the Super Bowl even when you have a good team? You got to have a lot of things go your way. So I'm I'm gonna yeah, I'm going nay. Hmm. Now, see, this is an interesting question because I know that there's people out there that'll say, "Is it really fair? Is it really fair to?" to take Russell Wilson having not played a single regular season game yet and immediately start making comparison to the Peyton Manning trade that the Broncos, very similar circumstances, they kind of go all in right. on a veteran QB feeling like they're in win-now mode. Mm -hmm. But uh, first of all, you know, all's fair in love and war, right? This is, this, is the, this is the big leagues, and everyone expects to win. The Denver Broncos absolutely expect to win, and absolutely Russell Wilson is going to be compared to a very similar situation as the one that happened prior. Right. Um, you might think that, gosh, it's just it's awfully big shoes to fill to say, oh, well, you signed a five-year contract. That means we're going to go to at least a couple Super Bowls and win one. You look at the division they're in. The Raiders are certainly no slouch under Derek Carr, and then, of right. course, you have Herbert leading the Chargers, which I think is going to be a great quarterback for many years to come, mm -hmm. and you have a, a guy who's already got a ring on his hand, Patrick Mahomes homes at Kansas City. That's, right. that's that's quite a tall task to immediately be thrust into. And here's the th but at the, on the same token, I think most of us would agree Russell Wilson is a bit younger, a bit healthier than Peyton was. Now granted yeah. Peyton came back initially from his injury firing on all cylinders, but it wasn't meant to be. At the at, when they actually did win the Super Bowl, he was already a shell of his yeah, He was a, he was self. a passenger on that on that bus. Yeah. Um I think Russell Wilson will play at a higher level for more years than Peyton did, yeah. and yet not enjoy as much success as Peyton did, if that makes sense. That's kind of where I am. So yeah. you're going nay, too. I'm also going nay. I think it's, I think it's too much to ask in... Uh, I mean, it's too much to ask for almost anybody. I mean, you're you're talking about the absolute top, top, top tier of the league when you're talking about saying... We want this guy under center, and he must win us a Super Bowl, or it's not worth the investment. I know you and I used to talk on the old sports ball all the time that there's maybe only five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks in the entire NFL at any mm -hmm. given time where you would say we would not, we cannot improve upon our situation. Yep. That this guy can, this guy can be instrumental in winning us a Super Bowl, not being on the team when we win a Super Bowl, but winning us a Super Bowl. Still true. And there's 32 teams in the league. At any given time, there's 20, 25 teams that they don't have the guy. The guy. Yep. I, I mean, Russell Wilson's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, so far be it for us to say he can't be the guy. But... That's a tall task for almost anyone in the NFL, not named Brady Rogers. Mahomes, right, and just a handful of others, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you know what else I've missed about doing sports ball? What's that? I've missed getting pucks to the head. Everybody needs a puck to the head. <laughs> Ow! You can tell we have a huge budget on this program. Yes, we do. All right. So this week's puck to the head. So. Let me set this up. I was watching mm -hmm. preseason NFL football because, again, it was football, right? Mm -hmm. And I noticed that on the scroll, I was actually watching on the NFL Network, and on the scroll, they were showing the line for both the uh, odds of the win and the over-under. Mm -hmm. And I thought, who in the hell bets on preseason football? And then I thought to myself, self, Anybody who bets on preseason football deserves a puck to the head because that's just dumb. 
Like, there's no way you even know who's going to play in a preseason game. There's no way you can handicap that. You're basically throwing a dart at a dartboard. And that's yes. kind of dumb if you want to be somebody who holds on to your money. So that's well, a puck to the head. It's a well-deserved puck to the head, which kind of brings us to, uh, with the football season upon us, it's almost time for the return of a Sports Ball Weekly column by yours truly, Allen's Sunken Cost Money Pit. I'm excited about this. I'm I'm a little bit excited too. I'm I'm mostly excited because I haven't actually written it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll explain why momentarily. It's not just because I'm lazy. So Alan's Sunken Cost Money Pit, for people that are new to the program, is a weekly column I do, usually starting around week two or three mm-hmm. of the NFL season. That is my weekly picks that I suggest you tank to the bank. It's for it's for you to win or lose a shirt at your own risk. I do bet against against the spread. These are the picks that I would make if I were logging into DraftKings or your your local book, bookie, however you plan to do your illicit gambling needs. <laughs> but the thing is, is I have a short list of rules for sports gambling. Mm-hmm. The first thing is more just an observation of why would why would one bet on say a football game rather than pull a lever or roll the dice, or pick a color or a number in roulette. Why would you do that instead? It's because you're, it's not, you're not just making a purely uneducated guess. Right. You're trying to take as much data and information as you possibly can about the two contestants and making as educated of a prediction as possible. Right. And if it's a very educated prediction, and if, they, and if the chips fall in such a way that is reflective of the data that you have, which we certainly know that that doesn't always happen, then over time you would win more than you would lose, right. as opposed to just flipping a coin. Yeah, it's very much the same thing, the difference between playing roulette and mm-hmm. investing in the stock market. Yes, exactly. I, I love to use the analogy of flipping a coin because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there that would say, well, you know, I could look at a game tonight and I could just say heads, team A, tails, team B and flip a coin. And you would be right roughly 50% of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're making an educated guess because you're someone who's very knowledgeable about the teams, the matchups, the positions, uh, potential injuries, right. uh, tendencies, uh, the how the teams stack up against each other in terms of uh, formation, press, etc., then you should do better than 50%. Correct. By the way, you kind of need to do better than 50% if you want to actually win any money in Vegas. This is a fact. Yeah. And so with all that said, I tend not to place any bets in the first couple of weeks of the year. Uh, no pop know- to the head for you. Do you want to know why I don't place bets in the first? And I'm not just talking about preseason. I'm talking about the first couple of weeks of the regular season. Well, Alan, why don't you place bets in the first couple of weeks of the season? Because we just don't know. In the same way, the teams just don't know where they're at until they've mm-hmm. actually got their noses bloodied a little bit. And and that's the interesting thing about games. We're, we're at the very start of college football. Uh, my, my own Tennessee volunteers are playing tonight. They it's are. easy to predict them to beat Ball State. Right. But the line's 33 and a half points. Mm-hmm. Do I think that Tennessee, having only had some scrimmages against each other, are ready to go out there in week one and play not just beat an underhand, an undermanned opponent, but beat them by 34 or more points because they play absolutely clean, perfect football for four quarters. Yeah. That's a tough question. It is. And so you'll catch Alan Sunken cost money pit, I think, in a few weeks. 
I'm just excited. I'm thinking that I might put a little green on some of those picks. See if I can win me some money. It's funny that you mentioned that. I do I do want to do a little humble brag here and say that if you had bet $100 on every single game that I had picked in Allen Sunken Cost Money Pit over the last couple of seasons, did you know that you'd be ahead somewhere around $16,000? I did know that because I was following along. But Yeah, you were following along but not betting, and now you <laughs> yeah. look back. And, and now I'm... <laughs> yeah, right? I know right now someone's asking, well, Alan, where's your 16,000? <laughs> Fuck you. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I, 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 it's funny enough. I told Mike as I was getting ready for this first episode that I know that the year that I decide to put my money where my mouth is and actually show people my receipts, that'll be the year that I have a down year and I lose everything. I'm a little afraid that the Meharry jinx would do that Ooh. too. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, before we move on, speaking of, this is the start of the college football season. And you and I had already mused that if you're looking at the teams at the very top, because we're already making kind of our preseason playoff predictions. Now, granted, of course, in college football, the playoff is still only four teams. But looking at our playoff predictions, most pundits currently have Alabama as the number, they're starting the season ranked number one. Mm -hmm. And most people consider Alabama to be a heavy preseason favorite to win the national championship. Now, this is quite a comeback year for them because they only finished second last year. <laughs> Losers. So I'll, 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 we'll do a quick little rapid fire for college football before we move on. The first right. one being Alabama as preseason number one expected to go gate to gate. Do you agree with that? I have a hard time arguing with it. They've got one of the two best quarterbacks in the country. Mm -hmm. It's Alabama. You know they reloaded. Now, granted, you know, they are coming off of that dismal runner-up season. So, but mm -hmm. no, I, I I can't quibble with that. I mean, you can make an argument for uh, the team that's currently ranked number two, Ohio State. Mm -hmm. But, um, and, and I wouldn't necessarily quibble with that either. But, but, I mean, it's hard to argue against Alabama, man. We'll move on to that very team, number two, Ohio State. Most pundits are saying that Ohio State is the odds-on number one challenger for Alabama going into the season. Do you think that Ohio State poses the biggest threat to Alabama? Well, again, look at the quarterback, Rick Stroud, Heisman. He's going to be in the Heisman running, one of the top mm -hmm. QBs in the country. Again, loaded, reloaded. It's Ohio State. Yeah. I, 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 I can't argue with it. Can you argue with it? Um... The thing about Ohio State is, is that while I know that on paper they seem like a safe pick to be in the playoffs, um, that's what most people thought about Ohio State a year ago, and they couldn't overcome Michigan. Yeah, that's true. In, in fact, it was a little bit of an embarrassing end of the season for the Buckeyes. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a uh, we'll wait and see type of approach right. for Ohio well, State. We are basically in the preseason, so mm -hmm. Alan Money Pit rules would also apply you know, this, not gonna, this is very you true you cannot hold me you don't know what's going to happen with injuries or or you know how some of these the new players will mesh i mean there's there's always a lot of questions but if you're going to have to just guess out of thin air I, I don't see how you can go wrong with putting alabama ohio state one two and then number three is last year's champion the defending champion georgia bulldogs do you feel that it's a little bit disrespectful that georgia has dropped to third despite being the defending national champions well they did put 567 players in the nfl last year so 
that that is very true. They did have a lot of players drafted. Um, but I I will say on that defensive line, which was mm-hmm. monster. The interesting thing about Georgia is is they're 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 in a very similar boat, which is they're a heavy favorite to win the uh-huh. SEC East, which means they're a heavy favorite to at least vie for the SEC championship. Right. Um, they only have a handful of games all season that you could mark on your calendars as significant threats to them going undefeated during the regular season. Right. And just a year ago, they ended the regular season undefeated only to lose the SEC championship game to Alabama, but yep. win the rematch. But the fact that they were able to back their way into the national title despite coming off of a loss because they, on the resume of having gone the entire regular season undefeated, Who's to say that that exact same scenario can't happen again? And what does it say about the way college football rankings and the college football playoff works that one year they can come off of a loss into the title game, but another year perhaps not because they don't have as much preseason hype? Right. (sighs) College football. (laughs) (laughs) We should just go back to the BCS, am I right? I don't know. I... (laughs) You know I'm an expanded playoff kind of guy, so yes, let them let them fight it out in actual games. Yes, I agree completely. And finally, number four before we move on, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Clemson, now, an- another team that they they have probably the easiest road to the college football playoff. They're a shoe in for at least fourth because you want to talk about a team that has an easy road. Clemson, by my standards, had, pl- will play almost no one of note all the way to the ACC title game. Right. If being an ACC champion, particularly an undefeated one, means you're a guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff, then Clemson can just start resting their starters today. They can just start <laughs> getting ready for the postseason. Um, do you think that actually helps or hurts Clemson? I think it hurts them in the long run. and. If of those four teams, this is where my question marks lie because they weren't very good last year. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think that they're quite in the class of Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I mean, obviously it's an advantage having a relatively soft schedule in terms of your pathway to get into the playoffs. I don't think that helps you when you actually have to play Alabama, Ohio State, or Georgia. So sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could argue on the one hand that, uh, you know, maybe there's a, a less of a fatigue factor, but I, I don't know. I feel like you need to be tested in the regular season. Yeah. So I, I actually waffle on this one because as, as someone who's been a lifelong UT fan, um, there's a certain benefit to being able to say, look, if we or if we're unblemished out of this schedule, you feel confident that you're the best team in the country. Right. On the other hand, how many years have we watched a Tennessee, a Florida, mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. matter? How many, uh, particularly those two teams in the same subdivision of the right. SEC? How many times have you? How many years have you watched your team maybe have one blemish, and if it had not been for one blemish, they would undoubtedly be in the conversation for best mm-hmm. team in the country or title game, but they didn't. And you think, well, gosh, maybe having the third strongest strength of schedule wasn't all it was meant to be. Yeah, you remember all those all those uh, years that the Florida UT game was like the second or third game of the season, and it mm-hmm. was like it was like we were already this is the this is the season right here, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yep. That's a, that's a tough position to be in. Before we before we end college football, one real quick and quick question for you. Okay. And I'll give you mine. Who is your dark horse to sneak their way into the playoff potentially? Dark horse to sneak their way into the playoff. Um I think I don't think Michigan will build upon the success they had late last year. But Michigan, Ohio State will remain very similar to what you had just described as the old UT Florida days, which is if Michigan is able to handle the middle of the pack Big Ten schedule and then beat Ohio State at the end of the year, they're just automatically the representative. I mean, it's just like that. Um, So that's certainly an option. I think of you some of the some of the conferences that we haven't talked so much about. You think of the Big Twelve, for instance. Of course, Oklahoma and Texas are going to be on their way to the SEC here pretty mm-hmm. soon. That's something that we missed in our in our off season. Um, but as for the Big Twelve as it currently exists, um, if an Oklahoma or a Texas runs the table, it's it's there's going to be a lot of clawing and gnashing of teeth if an undefeated Big 12 champion is somehow mysteriously left out of the playoffs, especially if there's a one-loss SEC or Big 10 team in right. the playoffs. Um, and, and, of course, then again, you look at the Pac-12. Uh, I think that the Pac-12 has sort of been forgotten, especially with a lot of college football realignment that's been going on. But, uh, you know, you you take a Oregon plays Georgia this uh, this very week. And they're, I think they're something like a 17-point underdog. Yeah. If Oregon somehow knocks off Georgia in week one and then runs the table the rest of the way, they're going to be living off of that Georgia win the entire season long. And then they will also be saying, wait a minute, we're a 12 slash 13 OT with a win over this SEC representative. How can we possibly not be in the top four? Yeah. So th- there you go. I think those are some good options. You got really close to mine. Okay. Watch, watch Utah. 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 The Utes. Okay. All right. I think I think they're going to be really good. They start off with Florida. Mm-hmm. I, think I think they'll handle Florida pretty easily. And again, I think you have to see some things play out. But let's say that you do have a, uh, uh, a, a upset with Oregon beating Georgia, and that strengthens the schedule, and then Utah beats Oregon. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think they're a team to watch. Now, so there it's, you go. Mark it it's, down. It's funny that you mentioned that and mentioned that Utah starts the season. It's in Gainesville, right? They're playing at Florida that is to start the year. Um, I also tend to think that Utah is going to have a good year. Of course, we remember they just absolutely shellacked Oregon at the end of last season to win mm-hmm. the Pac-12. And were, I think it was just a one-score game in their bowl game against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So uh, Utah certainly not a pushover. If they're building upon that success... Uh, then they can have a great season. It's worth mentioning. Now, I just got done doing that whole spiel that we're not doing the sunken cost money pit. <laughs> However, the picks I try to make are the picks where I think Vegas just flat out got it wrong. Right. It's not me trying to beat the system. It's me trying to see where they flub the numbers. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Utah, which starts the season ranked seventh against a Florida team, my my UT bias aside, I think Florida stinks and they're going to no, stink this year not, pretty they're hard. They're not good. They're not going to be good. Did you know that Utah, which starts the season ranked seventh playing at Florida, Florida is only a three-point underdog. Oh. That is a game that would be an Allen Sunken Cost Money mm-hmm. Pit. I'll take Utah minus three all, all, oh, yeah. all day long against an unranked team starting the season at home that I, I seriously think Florida might not go bowling this year. I, that's that's so, not out of the realm of possibility. Just throwing that out Mike there. Mike Mahary right. will be sad, but I think that's realistic. 
Well, you can cry on my shoulder. All right. Speaking of crying on our shoulders, mm-hmm. Mike, it's time for you and I to put on our solemn faces. It's time for In Memoriam, the segment where we remember a player, a coach, whoever, whose sporting life was cut tragically short. Mike, who are you remembering this week? Well, this week in memoriam, I'm remembering former Buffalo Bills tight end O.J. Howard. His much-anticipated career with the Bills came to an end. After he signed a big free agent deal in the offseason, he did not make the roster. Ooh. Now, here's what's even more telling. The Bills ate about $3.2 million in guaranteed money. That's bad. Uh, you might remember Howard was out of Alabama, number 19 overall pick back in 2017. He has had some injury issues. I imagine he'll land somewhere, but yikes. That is yikes. I'll tell you what else is yikes is Nebraska head coach Scott mm. Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you a little something about Scott Frost. You might think to yourself, now wait, it's, it's a little early to say in memoriam for a guy after just the first game of the season. But you know, this wasn't Scott Frost's first game coaching at the University of Nebraska. He was, hopes were high that he could rebuild the program. He's an alum, by the way, hey, after yeah. his successful stint at UCF. However, Frost currently sits on a 15-30 and 30 record at Nebraska, mm. including a woeful 5-21 and 21 in one possession games. Now with another disappointing loss to start the season, a 31-28 setback to double-digit underdog Northwestern. Frost's seat is on fire. How yeah. hot, you wonder? Hot enough that Nebraska sport talking heads have already dug up the details. Firing Frost would require a $15 million buyout, but it cuts in half after October 1st. <laughs> well. Yeah. So on that note, I think it's time to make our picks, Mike Meharry. Let's do it. All right. We're going to start with game one this week. The Oregon Ducks, number 11 Oregon, is a plus 17 underdog playing the number three at Georgia Bulldogs. It's it's not technically a home game, but it's it's the it Chick-fil-A is. kickoff game in Atlanta, Georgia. So yeah. what a neutral site. Trust me, as a as a Boise State fan, I know how those neutral site <laughs> games go. Right. Remember when they played when they played Florida State at the neutral site game of Jacksonville, Florida? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> and they whipped that ass. But anyway. They did. All right. So who do you got, Mike? All right. We're, we're picking straight up, right? Not not picking lines here. Oh, we're always picking lines. I, I, you're such a wuss. I'm not a wuss. I'm just asking. All right. You know what? I'll go, I'll do, I'm, I'll go either All right. way. All right. You know what? Let's pick the lines. Oregon right. plus 17. Oregon plus 17. I'm mm-hmm. still going to go with Georgia. Ooh. Oregon traveling across the country, mm-hmm. playing what in effect is is in Georgia. Well, they, not in effect. They are in Georgia. Basically mm-hmm. a home game for the Bulldogs. Uh, despite whatever they've lost, despite the, the insult of being dropped to number three, I just, I think Georgia is going to handle them. You know what? I'm actually going to say that Oregon covers the spread. I think that 17 is a bit too high. I I, I think that Georgia will probably win, um, but I think that Georgia is more likely to have a little bit of that uh, championship hangover going into this first game of the season. I think it's just going to be closer than that. I think this is going to be one of your textbook games of Georgia may go on to be the far better team than Oregon this season, 
but I think you're going to see your sloppiest football in week one. Oregon putting up a couple of quick scores, as they are often want to do, means that this is within 17 points. Okay. All right, we're moving on to game two. The number 23 Cincinnati Bearcats are plus six and a half point underdogs at number 19 Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, by the way, Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter is now spending his Sundays in Atlanta, so he won't be there to lead the Bearcats. Who do you have? Yeah, I think that's a this is a tough one, a tough one to call because I think it's going to be I think it's going to be close. I think Arkansas will win. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to say the Bearcats make it a little closer and it's Maybe like a field goal game. Oh. So we're going to say since he covers the spread, but Arkansas wins. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Arkansas to win by seven or more. Um, I, I I think that Cincinnati will still have a decent year, but I think that they, they lived largely on the back of having a bend but not break defense and veteran leadership in Ritter. I right. think that they're they're just not going to be reloaded. Uh, one of the tough things about a lot of these mid-majors, particularly, I mean, even ones that have enjoyed a lot of success, like a Cincinnati recently, like my Boise State Broncos, is... It's not without out of their own possibility for them to have runs of three or four years because they just have a great core group of players on their roster. It's no surprise that Boise State won a lot of games because you see a bunch of Boise State players in the NFL nowadays. Correct. But these guys just don't reload and rearm the same way an Alabama or Georgia does. Those guys are ready every single year. Th those teams have to contend or they're looking to fire their head coaches. These teams have like generational talent that comes in and goes out. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be there again this year. All right, we're moving on to game number three. The number five, five, fifth, really? <laughs> number five, Notre Dame fighting Irish. Overrated. Who are, a, who are a, also a plus 17 underdog at the number two Ohio State Buckeyes. A lot of pundits consider Ohio State to be the biggest threat to number one Alabama uh, you already you already said my punchline. Notre Dame is always overrated. Who do you have? You know, my heart wants to say that Ohio State's just going to blast them off of the field, mm -hmm. but I think Notre Dame might cover that seventeen, given given the rivalry, given first game of the season, and all of the the weird stuff that can happen in a in a week one game. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I think Ohio State wins the game, but I think it might be closer than I want it to be because I always like to see Notre Dame get crushed. Now, see, this is exactly the type of game that would never make it into the sunken cost money pit because, you know, I, I just I don't like high double digit spreads between teams that at least should be competitive. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think that UT has a chance in the world of beating Alabama this year, but I hope they're competitive. And if mm. if if UT was a thirty point underdog, I'd take UT. Are you kidding me? They're not going to lose by that much. Right, right. It, and and you always have the situation of you know, are they going to have their foot on the throttle for the whole game? Uh, are they going to take out their starters? Are they going right. to start running out the clock? You never know. With all that said, I actually am going Ohio State on this. Right. I think they cover the 17. I think Notre Dame is just that. I would love to see Notre Dame unranked after this week. I know they won't be, but I'd love to see it. No, they'll um, lose and move up to number four. Yeah, exactly. It'll be <laughs> Ohio State second, Notre Dame third. NBC uh, needs it. Yes, NBC does need it. Uh, I'll say this. if 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 Ohio State is half the threat they say they are, 
to being a title contender this year, then they wipe Notre Dame off the field. So we're opposite on every pick. We are. <laughs> one of us will be shamed into oblivion one week from today. <laughs> we're moving on to the Homer picks this week. This is a new thing we're doing this week or, or going forward. We're going to pick our Homer picks. Yep. We're starting with the number 25 just coming in, BYU Cougars. They're a minus 12 favorite at the South Florida Bulls. Your Bulls, Mike, few are saying that this is a make or break year, but there are calls yeah. for progress. Is this the beginning of the turnaround for the Bulls? You know, I think it is. I Ooh. think we're going to see a bit of a turnaround. We've got a, mm -hmm. a new quarterback in Gary Bohannon, who people might remember, um, led to a, um, I can't think of the comp, Big 12, Big 12 conference mm -hmm. champion, Gary Bohannon. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Scott, they, there's a little bit of heat on him, but I think this is going to be a turnaround for the Bulls, and I think you're going to see the improvement in this game. Now, you might probably don't remember this because really, let's be honest, who really cares about USF football? Um, but they played BYU close last year and were hanging with them yes. in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to do it again. I don't think they're going to pull out the win. Actually, I do. I think South Florida is going to go undefeated this season. Um, you know what? I'm actually going to go with your bulls, Mike Meharry. You've convinced me. So if, so if this is the pick that I get wrong because I sided with you, we, we our friendship is over. I'm going to go with the bulls, uh, for the reasons you stated. Uh, plus, um, I think BYU is going to take a, a small step backwards this year. I don't mm -hmm. think that they're going to be, um, going to be much of a team as they, as they were. The last couple of years have been fairly decent for BYU. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is. At South Florida, BYU, another team near the West Coast, traveling all the way across and the country. And it's going to be weekend. hot. It's going to be hot. That's exactly right. And and also, once again, uh, BYU is coming in as a 12-point favorite. I think, win or lose, I think they can keep it under 10. So I'm going to go South yeah. Florida. And finally, this very evening, this Thursday night. I'm going to be watching. The, I'm going to be watching, too. The Ball State Cardinals who are a yikes 35 and a half point underdogs traveling to take on the Tennessee volunteers in Knoxville. Um, I just want to, I just want to start off by, by saying again, this is exactly the kind of game I wouldn't bet on because Tennessee could go up by That's 35 and then put in all their backups. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine a, such a scenario where you're thinking you've got money in the bank because it's 42 nothing at halftime, and the second half is effectively a 7-7 seven, seven game. Mm -hmm. That's that's not what you want to see. No, no, no. Um, you'd like to think that maybe since it's the first game of the year, they would they would keep their foot on the gas because you're trying to see what you've got. You're trying. You're you're still doing some evaluation. You're still looking at at backups. You're still looking at performance evaluations, but we just don't know. So. I, I'm obviously picking UT to win the game. Of course. But I don't know about... In, in fact, if I'll be honest with you. This is the beauty of, of Vegas. It's 35 and a half. That half matters a lot. I could yeah. see them winning by five touchdowns. At that, And you'd lose the bet. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't think Tennessee's going to cover that big number. Yeah. In fact, I have a weird feeling. Again, Vegas, they're, they're so clever out there. I have a weird feeling they'll win by 35. I could see it. Yeah, and then all the UT homers who know nothing about <laughs> gambling who put their house on UT are going to be so angry. <laughs> and that will be my puck to the head next week. All right.
On that note, Mike, do you have a final thought? I do have a final thought. We are just three weeks away from the opening of NHL training camps. That, we'll have pucks along with the sports balls. I know. It's it's so weird. As, as someone who doesn't fo- follow hockey religiously like you do, it's so weird to me to think that here we are still in summertime watching the, the beginning of a new football season to think that hockey's that close. Yep. Mm-hmm. You weird people with your like eight month long seasons. Yes. I'm, I, 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 I thought here at the last second before I hit the credits button, I should start a fight by saying this is how you can tell that football players are tougher than hockey players. They, oh. they can't play all year long because their sport is actually difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. On that note, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Sports Ball. Um, same time next week or just shut it down? Uh, I thought this was pretty good. I say we at least give it one more week. Yeah, we'll try again next week. Guys, thank you so much, and we will see you next week. You have been listening to Sportsball with Mike Meharry and Alan Mosley. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Odyssey, all at Alan Mosley TV. You can also subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search for Sportsball with Mike and Alan. And you can find the weekly Sunken Cost Money Pit at Substack. Thanks for listening. We'll have more Bread and Circuses next week.